This episode is brought to you by Life Focus, a new gamified approach to life planning that's easy, fun, and gives you a GPS for your next 10 years. You can start today at fullfocus.co slash lifefocus. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet, so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. Um, of course, that was a pre-recorded Verbs. Verbs is not here, uh, but please stick around. We do have somebody who is equally as cool. We have Nicole Santamaria here. Nicole, welcome. Hi there. Glad to be here again. Thank you. Yes, you've, you're a friend of the show. Been here yes, before. Been here before. And, and uh, let's just quickly review for people sort of what your story is, your relationship to the planner, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So I'm uh, an occupational therapist by trade for over like 20 years. And I have been learning about goals forever because that's embedded into our occupational therapy degree. But believe it or not, I didn't personally use goals for myself until I was introduced over and over to the full focus system. Mm. And then it just clicked in a way to use it personally for myself. And part of my practice is I spent a lot of uh, time with kids, middle schoolers, high schoolers, teenagers, teachers, doing a deep dive in how can we get our executive functioning skills better so that life is easier. Okay, which I love. And, and today we are going to talk about executive function. And so in order to do that, some people might know what that is and some people might not. So can you give us just a quick rundown on, on what it means, what executive function is and what it means to improve it? Like what, what, what might that look like? Definitely. So executive functioning skills, it's the fancy term that we use to define what your brain does to help you get things done and the way you also think about getting things done. Mm. And the beauty of executive functioning skills, and that I feel a lot of people don't talk about this, is they start as young as six months old and they continue to develop naturally through life experiences, through experiences that we have our kids go through, all the way through mid-20s. That's 25. Mm. And if you have a diagnosable ADD, anything going on, you can add three years to that. So mm. that puts us into your late 20s. Mm. And the reason that I love to talk about this, and if you read any of my things or watch any of my videos or take any of my courses, you'll hear me say that because so many times the limiting belief we have is, well, they should know how to do that already. Mm -hmm. But if we understand executive functioning skills and we reframe our perspective, we'll know like, oh, well, they just need to get better at their organization skills. They sure. need to get better at their attention because we know they're developing. Do, do you feel like for anybody who's over the age of 28, 29, uh, is this something that we could also work on for ourselves? I'm not to ruin this for anybody, but I am in fact <laughs> over 30 years old by some amount. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, well, yeah, we're not going to talk about how old we are, but you definitely can um, improve your executive functioning skills. And, you know, the way that the planner sets things up for you is in inadvertently 
you are improving your executive functioning skills mm. when you use a system like this because it covers so many areas that you do. So yes, they develop through 25, but we can always work on them and make them get better. We're going to talk about how the planner, the full focus planner can help people, particularly young people, but everybody think about and improve their executive functioning skills. So Nicole, you're the expert. I am just just a lowly producer. What is one <laughs> way that the planner can help us with this? So um, one of the things that the planner offers is they offer a whole system, right? And what I find is when I'm working with you know, sometimes if I work with kids and let's say they're under 10, a lot of times it's me, the the child and the parent, it gets a little bit more independent as they get older. Um, I always like to bring the parent in. So using a system, parts of the system of this full focus system really helps with that accountability piece. And if there's two things that um, really help people, kids diagnosed with ADD, not... Um, improve their their habits their executive functioning skills is that accountability piece hmm. that accountability piece is is key and i've worked with kids that are like oh so yeah i tend to take a class about all these things we're talking about you know if we're, we're having a session about executive functioning skills and how they help you and you're stuck here well yeah i took a class i actually took that class twice and i got an a but what was missing in the class was it they didn't have the accountability piece. So the accountability in. in this in this case is the parent or is it internalized? Is it the accountability is the planner itself? The accountability comes from uh, trying to improve your executive functioning skills and having some kind of a coaching component in it. And okay. when I work with the, with the families, the kids, the young adults, um, I do bring in pieces from the full focus planner to help with that accountability. Mm -hmm. The second part that makes a huge difference is, especially with the older kids, is the buy-in. You can talk about all the things, get all the tools, all the planners. If you don't have buy-in from the older kids, even the younger kids, but the younger kids I feel are still a little bit easier to you know, encourage. Um, but once you get buy-in from from an older student, a teenager, college student, and you give them the right systems, they are off to the races. Okay, let's talk about this. But I used to also be a high school teacher. Right. <laughs> so I'm sure you have a lot of examples. I have a lot. I have, a lot, I have some <laughs> amount of experience of watching children um, learn or not learn how to organize yeah. their life, structure their life. So how do you get and, – and it doesn't necessarily have to be just a high school kid, but I'm curious about that, obviously, because – I know you work with with kids, but uh, how do what what does buy in look like? How do you get someone to buy into to to even trying to improve this? It's almost the hardest the hardest part of it, right? A lot of times when the kids come to me, um, they're that smart child, right? But they are somehow not performing the way that like their grades are not reflecting how smart they are. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're really coming from a place where like I'm trying my best and I keep messing this up. So the buy-in comes a lot from gaining their trust, just acknowledging, look, I get it. I I understand. I know you're really trying your best. You're not being lazy. A lot of times these kids have that um, self-talk that's like, oh, I'm lazy. I'm stupid. Sure. And either they feel bad about themselves or they're just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not trying anymore. 
I'm just going to ignore. I get it. You know, you, you tried to study for the test. I get it. You tried remembering your homework. I get it. You tried not losing the water bottle for the hundredth time. <laughs> and it just keeps happening, right? And it's because they don't have that missing, uh, we call it scaffolding, mm-hmm. where we kind of meet them where they are and then help them build from there. A lot of times us awesome adults with all our good intentions, we're like, well, you should know how to do this, sure. but we don't help them bridge that gap. And that's where coaching, executive functioning coaching, working with someone will really help you build the gap from where your child is, where you are to the next step. But if you don't meet them where they are, you're never going to get buy-in from them ever. So it's not just kids that do this. And I, there's a term that you like see thrown around a lot. And maybe I've even said this. I'm sure I have where people will go, I'm not a planner person, right? Sure. You go like, there's always this idea of, um, there's like planner people. There's, they're the organized people. There are planner people. Yeah. And I'm not a planner person. I could never do that. So there is a limiting belief around that idea. I don't know where it necessarily comes from, but. How do how would a child how would an adult tackle that that self talk and maybe try to deconstruct it a little bit? Well, you know, a planner is not really meeting the person where they're at. Mm. There's a lot to happen before using a planner, especially one as um, encompassing as a full focus planner. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So actually. One of the things that I said about goals, so until I, I, I don't know, like it must have been during the time we all spent home a lot, I probably read one of the books or listened to one of the classes and then that's when, oh, these goals finally hit me. Because I would literally just roll my eyes on goal setting because I was sure. like, who's going to do this? Give well, me a I, break. I, what is this? Well, I always <laughs> tell this, this. I tell this story all the time that I have like the privilege to get to sit in back before the pandemic. I would sit with Michael and Megan in person next to them for hours. We would do these recordings and recording after recording would go by and they'd talk. This is when we had one podcast. They would talk more about the planner and stuff and recording after recording would go by and they'd be like, oh, goal setting and here's a planner and here's how you do whatever. And I would just sit there and I would go, great for them. <laughs> right. Like here I am have these like actual professional coaches and it, I was just like, nope, 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 none of that. It yeah. took, it was a whole process for, to understand that maybe it could also be for me. So, so where are you now? Are you team planner or you're yeah, I team? Am. I am. I, I like to say, I like parts to of people. the planner. Well, I know I, I, I'm in on the planner. I'm, I'm using a, a pocket right now. So okay. there you go. But um, I like to remind people that I, I do feel like that is something that I have to constantly work at. I do think there are people that it's like fully integrated. It's like. Their arm is like connected to them, but it is a thing that I have to, to really, to really like focus on and check in with myself. So the one piece that I usually do use with, with all of my clients, actually in my, in my house, the one very popular um, part of this whole system is that weekly preview Hmm. that helps so much. Um, My husband is super um, he has a lot of projects going on, super busy. He's definitely not a planner person, mm. but that weekly preview, it just sets his whole week up for success. It's now, he doesn't, sauce, he doesn't do it say. every week, but when he does it, he really says, oh, wow, that was that was so easy. I knew exactly what to focus on. Oh, wow. Yeah. The weekly preview. It's, it's And I can important. tell you the parts of the weekly preview 
because weekly preview has a lot going on. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> a lot. You guys call it what is it? You guys call it the after action review. Yeah, it is powerful. I mean, and in fact, I just talked with somebody about this, another expert planner user about this idea. Um, somebody asked on the community this difference between what worked, what didn't, what will I keep doing, what will I stop doing? <laughs> and that somehow in the flow of doing the weekly preview, it does feel like they're like the same. I recognize that when you say it out loud that they're not, but when I'm doing a pre like a weekly preview, I'm kind of like, I already said all this. Right? Like you'll go like, oh, this didn't work. What didn't work? Oh, uh, you know, waking up at 5.30 didn't work, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. That and then you go to the either. next one. You're like, well, I'm not going to wake up at 5.30 anymore. Like, <laughs> right. But, it, right, but do you maybe, view it differently than that? No, because maybe what happens is like, yeah, I'm not working up at 5. I'm not doing that 5 a.m. club. But I did like the part where the first thing I did in the morning was I moved my body. Mm. So you can move your body at 9. Who cares? Like sure. if you wake up at 8.30, move your body at 9. And then – so. You know, sometimes you have extra to fill in and sometimes you don't. You know, what's interesting, and I feel like it's worth remembering, I'm sure if someone's listening to this show, I think we get two kinds of listeners to focus on this. We get brand new planner users who are just looking for some community and we get real like seasoned people who are still wanting every week to talk about a productivity system. But yeah. the key theory, the key thing here is that the planner is actually a goal setting tool. It's an yeah. achievement tool. And so it is actually a little bit different. I mean, I guess if your goal is to finish your homework or to do the thing, I mean, that's a sort of a project uh, using the full focus idea. Um, but yeah, the, what the planner is offering isn't just making sure you don't fall behind on your work. Exactly. And so it that because of that, that it does have a lot happening. It is, it is a, a, a step outside of just like here's a list of things. Exactly. Because it's not just a list. And, and I do like that this, one of the things that I do like about this system is that it looks at your whole life. Like I know how they have the life score mm -hmm. and then you take it back and then you apply it and you're picking goals from, you know, your, your family life, financial work. A lot of times when we have a kiddo that's struggling at school, at home, making friends, we only hyper-focus on the stuff that they're stuck at, which is algebra or reading or writing essays. And we forget about all the things that they're really good at or the, mm -hmm. the other parts of them that we should actually help them encourage and, and keep doing because we are looking at the whole person. Um, sure. So I, I really like how this system incorporates, you know, it talks about has resting and sleeping and eating and sure. nutrition, all of those, all of those things. Well, you probably know the benefits of the compound effect of small actions through daily habits. But the biggest question is, where are those habits leading you? Well, without a clear destination, it's really challenging to stay on course and keep up your motivation. So how do you decide which habits to prioritize in any given day, month, or even year? Well, the answer is a life plan. We here at Full Focus have created Life Focus, which is a brand new gamified approach to life planning. Each Life Focus kit comes with 11 card decks to help you define your personal mission, identify your personal values, describe your desired future, and determine your next steps, including the key milestones and essential habits to help you achieve your plan. 
By the end of this fun and easy process, you won't just have a vision for your life. You'll have the next steps and habits to pursue a life of greater direction, growth, and purpose. And right now, just for being a listener of Focus on This, we are giving you 15% off our Life Focus Kit and our course. So just go to fullfocus.co slash lifefocus and use the code FOT15 to get started. Um, is there anything else? Um, so there's 11 executive functioning skills. I'm not mm-hmm. going to get into all of them now, but um, let's talk about a couple of them and how parts of the full focus planner really helps to build them. Love and that. that's part of getting the buy-in, right? Once we talk about like, okay, you're really good at these skills, but these skills you kind of need to work on. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, guess what? The part where it says, okay, what worked and what didn't work and what will I do different next time? Um, if you are lacking in being flexible, that mm. really helps you see the benefit of being flexible. And that's an executive functioning skill. A lot of people don't know about that one. Uh, <laughs> that's not the most popular one. Sure. Um, obviously, you know, planning and goal-directed persistence, um, the weekly preview and actual the goal part, the big part, right? The big part in the beginning of the planner that we yes. have to write all our, <laughs> our goals yes. in. Yeah, the um, scary part. The scary part that we don't like to do. Um, that really helps with that. But again, with that accountability piece, it's, you know, it's, that's the part that's going to keep you checking on those goals and in- making sure they're included in the weekly preview and your big three. So yeah, the accountability thing. And I, I asked about this before. Yeah, let's talk about accountability. So. The idea, it's like, I think for some people, they're probably listening, some of those people, if you go, I've set a goal, and so I'm, in order to be, I, I feel accountable to my past self, right? I always, I talk about past Nick a lot. Past Nick thought this was really important. So I'm going to honor past Nick and uh, do the thing I said I was going to do. Right. Uh, that isn't usually what happens for me, but that is an idea. Some people can, can do that. Um but I feel like the goals often are scary and that when people set goals, it actually can be discouraging to them because they are, it's a mindset of like, well, I'm just going to fail anyway, or right. I can't possibly right. do this. Or, or they, or they set the goal without truly believing it was possible. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a question. It's just like yeah, a statement no, and like, throwing yeah, it goal, to you. Goals are tricky. And I, I rarely say the word goals <clears throat> when I'm working with the kids um i talk about what are you in alignment with like what do you want does this sound like something you want to do um it's a it's a lot to make a big scary goal when you're a kid that's struggling in school and you have add and your mom's always mad and the teacher's mad at you and you're always forgetting things and then we're going to talk about a goal like their mindset is already like i'm trying all these things and nothing works so mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's super helpful to start with goals for kids that are struggling. Sure. And, and I don't think most people even... Even with people. Like I, I told you, yeah. I didn't start doing them for years. <laughs> for years. Yeah, well, and I think that most people, when they're like entering into the system, uh, that it really is recommended just to start with daily big threes. You just do day by yeah. day and just exactly. go like, what are the three things I need to do today? And it took me a long time to get to goals. And then, you know, there have been quarters where I've been like, can't, can't think about it. <laughs> right. Like, or I still know, got the ones from last time. So, yeah. 
So and sometimes you go back and you're just like, who cares about that one? I'm right, taking that yeah. goal off the list. That's right. Deleting goals is like totally inappropriate. It's so thing. satisfying to you're delete like, a goal. Yeah, uh, to delete a goal. The accountability piece um, can come from a parent. It can come from a teacher. It can come from, you know, a specialist, like somebody that's helping you with coaching. It can come from lots of places, right? It doesn't have to come from, oh, I have a specialty executive functioning coach. Like I like to have actually perfect scenarios. I like to have parents that want to learn about executive functioning skills, how to say the things, how to do the things so that it just becomes parents and teachers embedded in their everyday life. Mm-hmm. So it's not this magical special session with unicorns and fairy dust. It's <laughs> sounds lovely. It's the kitchen counter. It's the classroom. Um, you know, part of what we do, uh, what I do also is um, when we were trying to figure out the topics, is that how to teach executive functioning skills. I immediately scratched out teach because then we're back to like, okay, we're going to have that one lesson and then sure. we're not going to talk about it again. And I replaced it with how to embed executive mm. functioning skills in a classroom yeah and that's where the magic is i know that my child they would have a class every day or every other day that was executive functioning like executive function like focused oh uh, like i don't the know one, if it ever the yeah, one class the one class i don't know yeah. if it ever fully reached out in fact um one time i got an email home from one of my for my kid's teacher, who was, it was like to all the parents. And it was sure. basically saying like, your kids don't have executive functioning skills. Like your kids, like they're not tracking their assignments. They're not whatever. But goes, like, like, a, like saying your kids are still building their executive functioning skills. No, he was saying, he was kind of going, it? he was or kind it was of going a shame like, letter. It was no, a it wasn't shame. No? I think it was trying to just draw attention. He's going like, these kids are not tracking their assignments i want you to be aware of this you're the parents like this is what i'm seeing he goes there's one kid in all of my classes who bothers to write anything down in a planner do you want to guess whose kid that was it better have been yours it was my kid (laughs) it better have been yours or your (laughs) it was my kid but the idea being but this i'm trying the only reason i bring that story up is to go that there's a class which is like 20 minutes not even a full class right right daily whatever here's our executive functioning skills but it is not embedded as part of like a larger curricular yeah. school-wide plan. Yeah. Of course, it's too segmented. It isn't relatable. Yeah. It doesn't um, carry over when, you know, like I, I'm an occupational therapist by trade. So I work with a lot of kids with handwriting and it's not this special handwriting class that where all the magic happens. It happens during spelling, science, vocabulary. It's repeating the same things that work throughout the day. So they just become embedded and part of their habits and and not all the habits are going to stick right right well sure everybody's everybody's not going to do all the things um but i I do like it when schools embed it throughout the day but oh sure i I, I do understand it's a it's like a has to be like a initiative right well the problem is oh there's so many problems well here's a soapbox (laughs) moment for me yeah we might have to and i actually this is going to sound strange i actually connect this to typing skills Uh uh-huh which is that Executive functioning skills and typing skills, which are very important, by the way. Kids not knowing how to type. None of my, none you of my. Mean just typing with your finger like that is not good enough. Like no, I, I have a whole theory about this that kids have lost the ability to like take notes at any time. Anything that approaches the speed of thought, mm-hmm. um, which means that it is very difficult to hold on to ideas that you've had because you're spending so long 
documenting the ideas you've had because you don't know how to type. But the reason they mm-hmm. don't teach typing anymore, when I was a kid, yeah, we had, typing we had a class. typing class. Because they were like, you're going to need to do this in the business world or whatever. Sure. Uh, is they don't Because it's not tested. It's not a state-level test. So why would you spend any time teaching how to type? And the same thing would be true for executive function, even though having these skills, of course, would help this, these children learn better. <laughs> Yeah. But it's a real like short-term solution. It's like, well, yeah, who has got seven years to teach this? Well, guess what? But Schools. it's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. You just embed it. It's just – you just embed it throughout the – that could be a whole other part. You embed it throughout the school day. Sure. You, little by little. One of the most – or, you know, I, I come in with the schools and the kids that I work with are struggling. So sometimes when I first come in, I just wander like I'm just a classroom visitor. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this classroom and – the desks are all super inside. They're organized. They all have this big binder on the side. And I just start picking up and opening a binder. I put it down. I open another binder, put it down. I'm like, what is going on in this classroom? It was super organized, super systemic. And it wasn't just one person that had it. Sure. All the kids had it. And then after I spoke to the teacher, she's like, oh, because we start this at the beginning of the year. But here's what makes the difference in that classroom is that we continue it. It was like, you know, I don't remember when, what year. She's like, but we continue the entire school year mm-hmm. working on yeah. these things. Um, and the more I do it, the less time it takes and the better the kids get. So you really see the growth throughout the school year. Now, can I ask a very specific question? Sure. So when I, I – people may not know this. I was in an Air Force band for six years. And in order to do that, believe it or not, you have to go to basic training. So me and my little body went to Air Force basic training down in Lackland Air Force Base. And um, there's a job at basic training, which is called like dorm guard. I believe it's what it's called. And what you do is it's basically like proto defense, like security. So and before anybody can come into your dorm where you are, you have to go through a series of steps. And so one of the things they teach you at basic training is they're like, I don't care how many times you've done this. And I don't care if you have this all committed to memory. One of the steps in being a dorm guard is that you had to put your hand on the sheet and step by step, read the same series of questions and the same and wait for the answers from the person on the other side of the door. So it'd be like, you know, state your name and you, and they would go like, you'd have to put your finger up there. You'd have to read it every time you'd have to whatever. Before what, you let them into the dorm, is that what yes. it was? Okay. Yeah, anybody. And but that pro, that I think about this a lot. This idea of going, don't assume that you know. There's something that there's a process that you have to go through. And what we're interested in actually is then less that you actually remember it, but that you've committed to the process. And I go, how do you get children or anybody to even stop and remember that there is a process to help them? Right. That seems to be like there's like a speed and pace of thought that some people encounter. That means that they'll just they can just rush through a bunch of stuff, despite the fact that there is a there is a a checklist version of this. Especially when you narrow break it down even more to like the kid that didn't follow steps one to five. Smart kid knew the material. He just didn't get the hundred because he skipped a step or did half a step. That requires lots of check-ins. So it's almost like each step he needs to come see you before he moves on to the next step. It doesn't always have to be that way. But in the beginning, 
like remember we were talking about let's meet them where they're at. We've got Jimmy who, you know, could probably teach band English and math, but he skips <laughs> sure. the steps. So right. Jimmy, it's what Jimmy needs to get better at is the process. And then we, the awesome adults, need to get better at the scaffolding, mm -hmm. which means, okay, so Jimmy can do step number one, or maybe Jimmy skips to step number five, but we then need check-ins through each of the steps. And it sounds super annoying and time consuming. And But if we spend the whole year forgetting to count the trombones and we're short one trombone <laughs> and then that sets up the whole band practices late it mm -hmm. is worth the time to get that buy-in in the beginning we're gonna do this together everybody mm -hmm. when you hit step number one i don't know put your finger on your nose when you hit step number two you know put a post-it over here okay. and literally step by step walking them through it and if you're um at home you know, then it's only you and your one kid. Um, you really look at like, we are doing this together. Oh, but I know how to do it. You don't have to do it with me. They're going to tell you that, but you still do it with them every time. Sure. Um, because a lot of times what they do is they skip a step or they reinvent a step. And then what happens is it looks like they get the same results, but then they picked up all these weird bad habits to get there, <laughs> right? Yes. So then it becomes, we do it together. Then you do it with me or I do it with you, you know, like you're doing it, but we're still in the room together. Right. And then maybe I'm standing at the door while you're doing it. And then after we perfect that, and I'm not going to lie, it's super annoying and you're not going to want to do it. <laughs> you're going to be sitting down watching TV. You're going to have to get up to pat. This happened to me, um, my third child. We were really intent on he was going to be better at bringing his stuff to school than my other kids. They mm -hmm. had the band practice, the PE bag, the football pads, all the sure. things. So we did it together. Same thing. Oh, I got it. I know how to do it. You don't have to do it with me. Why are you here? Why are you doing it with me? <laughs> because they will skip steps. Um, and then finally, then you do it alone and then come show me your bag. So in your case, you do it and then show me your step that you mm -hmm. did it all. And it's like, you have to trust and verify. How do you get these kids that skip all these steps, how do you get them to skip the step? Even well-intentioned. That's no. the thing. I think it often reads to people as somehow like defiant. But defiant, it's not. lazy, disobedient, it's rude. Not. Yeah. Well, you know, whether it is or it isn't, we have to give them the benefit of the doubt because if they're literally just lazy, we have no possibilities you're just lazy. Like, I can't do anything for lazy. Like, if a parent comes, oh, you know, I think they're just being super lazy. I'm like, okay, if we're going to work together, we got to throw lazy out the window because you mm -hmm. can't fix lazy. I can't help lazy. Um, let's see where they're struggling and let's get new words to, sure. to help them. Because then it opens up possibilities, right? And then, you know, you have to be open to the possibilities. We've got a lot of good stuff today. We've learned some some ideas about how to, you know, use parts of the full focus planner or just to not use parts of the planner. We're, we're talking about how to help people who are attempting to learn to develop their executive functioning skills. Um, do you have any sort of final, I don't know if it's encouragement or words of advice or anything that you would leave a, a, somebody who's planner excited enough to be listening to this podcast? What yeah. might you say to them? So... 
I will say, number one, you want to always meet them where they're at. You want to help them find the wins. And whether you have a checklist for them or a planner like this that's so powerful, just know that that accountability piece, that's your secret sauce to help if they are struggling with executive functioning skills, but we know that they're developing executive functioning skills anyway. So that accountability piece of helping them get through is really going to be the secret sauce for them to be successful with it. And if somebody wanted to to find you on the interwebs, the World Wide Web, what might they do? You can find me at NicoleSantaMaria.com and on my YouTube channel, which is OT4RealLife. And there you can email me or you can jump on my website and schedule a call. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for being here. We'll have you back. There's there's several other topics that we have talked about both times. I know. That we haven't even gotten to yet. I know. So we'll definitely have you back. (laughs) Definitely. It was great to be here. Thanks, Nick. This episode is brought to you by Life Focus, a new gamified approach to life planning that's easy, fun, and gives you a GPS for your next 10 years. You can start today at fullfocus.co slash lifefocus.